Amen. Thanks, bro. How's everyone doing? I'm good. Thank you. I'm, well, I'm tired, actually. Um, we're, we're partying it up down in Denver um, for a few nights. We had a hot tub at our Airbnb. We, I think we fit, like, what, almost 20 people there? Um, not in the hot tub, yeah. Just, just in the Airbnb. Um, <clears throat> I did get a bed, so that was nice. Whoops. Thank you. I'm trying to figure this thing out. It's not tightening. There we go. Thank you, Andrew. Give it with his salad bowl. Uh, yeah, so that's why like lots of people are missing. Uh, in case you're wondering, lots of them are still down in Denver. Uh, Craig Wheeler is getting ordained tonight, so that's pretty cool, right? Um, so yeah, lots of people are still down there. Actually, this is only my second time preaching. Uh, before you all, and the last time was also during this conference, and I think there's only like 20 of you here, um, so I'm very honored that Nate and Dan trust me to uh, run the show when they're not here. <laughs> um, I could, who knows what I'm going to preach about tonight, I mean, I could say whatever they want, you know? Um, no, but tonight we're going to be talking about um, friendship with Jesus. And the topic I was given was a call to abide for the summer. So an encouragement, an exhortation for all of us as a community to remain in Jesus throughout the duration of the summer. Because frankly speaking, it's easier to fix your mind and your eyes and your heart on Christ when you have brothers and sisters in Christ doing the same thing, <clears throat> right? And some of you, maybe who knows where you're going. Um, it might be more difficult when you're home. I know when I, even for just a few days, when I'm visiting family for the holidays, it's such a tension to, do I want to spend time with my family? Do I want to go to bed early so I can wake up early and be alone with the Lord? Do I um, help serve? And is my time better spent being a witness for Christ in that way? So uh, I get it, you know. Some of you might be working long jobs, but this topic is um, it's this is our foundation, you guys. If we can't take hold of this idea of friendship with Jesus, of abiding with Jesus in our day-to-day -day lives, um, I mean, what's the point, right? We, well, we'll, we'll get into it, okay. <clears throat> so before, before we get into it, what I would like us to do is um, I have this photo, or it's a painting actually, does anyone know what this is? Heirloom tomato. Yes. What does that mean? What's an heirloom? 
Yes. So there's lots of loose definitions, but it it's basically like it's an it's an old, like cherished, preserved, genuine uh, and it's just so tasty tomato. Uh, I mean look doesn't that look so delicious? Carrie used to not like tomatoes. And then we told him you needed to salt and pepper them. And did it work? Yeah. And it wasn't even one of these. It was just like a normal tomato. Um, so what, what I want us to do right now, uh, this is a spiritual discipline called Lectio Divina. And it's where you take an image of some sort and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through it. So we're just going to take a minute of silence and use this uh, artwork. This, this artwork, this was a painting by a Japanese young woman. Um, her name is uh, Asuka Hishiki. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. And she just realized she could combine her two passions of love for plants and insects and art. And this is the beautiful product of that. So let's just take a moment to um, open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, keeping in mind Jesus' words that just as the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, so for us to, we can do nothing apart from Jesus. Jesus, as I'm dwelling on this, I'm remembering my first tomato, my first fruit from last year's garden, all that hard work, and just how it just squirted all over my face and ran down my shirt and was so nourishing on that hot day where my blood sugar was so low and I was probably about to faint every time I stood up, which... I do that a lot. Uh, my vision kind of goes black and unless I eat something because <clears throat> I don't know how to slow down. But tonight, Lord, the message that you've put on my heart is to help us to slow down, to take time to be with you. And Father, I just recognize how inadequate and insufficient and... Um, really powerless I am to um, persuade anyone to desire deeper intimacy with you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you must do the work within us. You must accompany these words that I believe are from your heart that I'll share tonight. You must accompany them with your power. God, I pray that you would do that, that you would help me in my weakness and that you would speak to us tonight and give us strength. Give us hope and life, God. And maybe just fix our eyes on you, Jesus. Amen. 
one thing that this artist mentioned in her uh, little bio was the awe that nature invokes. And I want us to keep that in mind. I think um, that without awe, without a constant awe of who God is, our abiding with him, our being with him, just gets boring. So I challenge all of us to be reverent, be in awe, be filled with wonder in who God is. Okay? So these are the words of Jesus. Um, before he's about to go to the cross, he's just washed his disciples' feet. This is, um, all right, we just had Good Friday um, a few weeks ago, and then Easter Sunday. So this is happening on that night. These are, this is Jesus' last interaction with his closest friends. And he says, I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So the question we need to ask ourselves and be honest is, do we call Jesus our friend? Does Jesus look on us and call us his friend? So the three things we're going to cover are why we should even desire friendship with Jesus, what that even is, and how to bring that about. The first reason that friendship with Jesus should be desired is um, that it's glorifying to God. Right? Yeah. If, I'm, if, I'm, if I say anything that's like false, just let me know. Or maybe you just disagree with me. Uh, we can talk about it. You know? Have some deliberation. Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. God is glorified when we abide in him, because when we abide in him is the only way that we produce fruit. I mean, this, this is God's primary concern for each of us specifically and individually, is that we, we get to know our Heavenly Father, right? That we spend time with him. What does God care more about? What we do for him or what we do with him? I was working in my garden uh, recently. We just had, hopefully, our, or tomorrow night, I think, is the last frost we're supposed to have. So I've been getting it ready to put some plants in the ground. And August is out there helping out. And, um, well, to be honest, he's not helping at all. It's, um, he's my one-year-old son. He, he, he broke my tape measure the other day. He's, um, he just messes everything up, and I love it because we're together, right? The, the end result becomes less significant 
when I can focus on being with him. And I delight in that. And he delights in needing me to survive. I mean, like, yeah, it's amazing how he just, he doesn't know any better. He just, he's like, I know I need you, and it makes me happy. The second reason that we should desire this is it's the only way to the Father's heart. In in that verse, Jesus says, I have made known to you everything that I heard from the Father. So Dan last week did a great job wrapping up our study on the life of Daniel. And when we look at Daniel's life, we see a man who spent time with God. He knew God. He set apart time to be with him. He communed with him. He delighted himself in the Lord. And the Lord delighted in revealing mysteries to Daniel. God delighted in showing Daniel his plans for his son, the Messiah. He delighted in showing Daniel his plans for the end of the ages and even things that were to happen in Daniel's life. This was God's desire. His delight was to make his plans known to him. And the only way into this intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father is through abiding, through being and remaining in him. And and I would like to say that I think my lack of prayer shows how little I understand that. That if I want to get to the heart of the creator of the universe, I need to be with him and spend time with him. If I really understood the implications of that, my prayer life would look so different. And so I stand here as someone who has been trying to put these things into practice. And again, I've, I've given up on trying to achieve like perfect abiding, okay? Like, oh, yep, I'm in Christ all the time now. Great. I don't think that's how it works, right? It's about being with him. It's about continuing to be with him. There's this book... Um, called The Cultivated Life that I read for Lent and and the metaphor given is that we are walking trees. That that we're on this journey rooted where we are and constantly putting forth our roots into the unknown, into the next step, rooting ourselves in Christ. The third reason we should desire friendship with Jesus is Simply that he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. I'll put that um, maybe in some more plain English because maybe that's a little too straightforward for you. So this is, uh, in another version, the new American Christian version says this. Apart from me, you can actually do a lot of things. Um... Many things. 
You can reach endless entertainment at your fingertips. You can reach a world of knowledge at your computer screen. You can make all sorts of magnificent handiworks glorifying to man. Apart from me, you can even know all about me. And you can do mighty things for me. Yet apart from me, you cannot do anything with eternal significance. You cannot have victory over your flesh. You cannot resist the temptations of the world. You cannot see true repentance take place in another person's soul on your own. You cannot do anything that outlasts this world apart from me, is what Jesus is saying. So, keeping in mind <clears throat> this tomato, right? Um, has anyone ever gotten those, like, tomato on the vine? You know, they usually taste a little better than the other tomatoes in the store. It, it's, it's not, it's weird because it's actually tomatoes on a branch because the branch is on the vine. So, technically, it's like, you know, you don't get the whole vine, just the little branch. Um, but has anyone here ever bought just the branch? Like pre-tomatoes on the branch? Like maybe there were some flowers on there? No? Why, why not? There's no fruit. Can that branch bear fruit if it's been separated from the vine? No. You got ripped off if you bought pre-tomatoes on the branch from the vine. There's no fruit coming from that. 100% guaranteed. File a customer service claim. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. So we've talked about why we should desire this friendship. Is there any questions about that? wasn't a question, but thank you. <clears throat> so what does this look like in our lives? <clears throat> How can we describe this friendship? Well, we can kind of, you know, I'm using the analogy of friendship because um, I think it's something we can understand. We can relate it to friendship in a human sense. Um, I enjoy doing things for my friends. I'm pretty dependent on my friends in a lot of ways. I'm always asking for help. Um, the more I'm honest with them, the more they're honest with me. There's this reciprocity, right? Um, it's a two-way street friendship is what we say. Uh, the more vulnerable I am, the more we trust each other, right? This is how you grow friendship. So in a lot of ways, this is similar to Jesus. I, I would define friendship with Jesus as a delightful dependence. Okay? Delightful Dependence. It is my joy to need him. Because <laughs> I've tried it the other way, and it doesn't work. But where the analogy breaks down is that there are some promises Jesus made to his friends that if you make to your friends, you probably wouldn't have friends for much longer. 
just being honest. If you've made this promise, for example, um, we should talk. This is what Jesus says. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will make our home with him. So I, I can't do that. I can't make my home in you. I, I'm just a human. But this is the beautiful thing about friendship with Jesus. Is that we can have unbroken fellowship with him throughout our entire day. Right? Like this is magnificent. This is wonderful. Uh, just today I, I was like so frustrated. I was unloading the car and it's kind of like this unspoken thing that I, you know, I do the loading and unloading whenever we have trips. Um, and Jessamine was, I, she does an amazing job watching August and being with him and taking care of him whenever I have stuff to do, right? But I was like frustrated. I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to preach this sermon and I've had, been talking with pastors all week and haven't gotten any sleep and probably spent too much time in the hot tub instead. But, um, but. I guess I was abiding, you know, while I was doing all that. So, you know, and I've been abiding for eight years now, right, since I met Jesus. So I've been working on this sermon a lot for a long time, you guys. Um, <laughs> but then it hit me. I was like, well, I'm not abiding right now. I'm just mad. So why don't I just start? Uh, so I just said, thank you, Jesus, that you're with me. Hallelujah. And immediately I was like, this is, this is what it's about. And, and I, I'm in this place in my life where I'm constantly fighting to get away with Jesus and fighting to fix my eyes on him and everything that I do because from the day that I was first ambushed by God's love in 2013 as a student here at CSU, that has been my delight. And I hope that is your delight. And so what happened was that for two years as a student, I would fight for that. And I made it, day to day, I made it my effort to get alone with God and let that flow into my day-to-day -day interactions with the people around me, with the world. And then shortly after I graduated, I moved overseas to a very strange land where I didn't speak the language. And within four months of being there, all my friends, all my Americans left. I chose to stay in the city where I was rather than go to a different city where there were other Americans because I had two friends specifically that I really thought wanted to learn how to love God and love their fellow man alongside with me. I thought these are my brothers in Christ. I'll stick around here for a little bit longer to be brothers together. Very quickly, after all these events took place, it became clear to me that these guys did not desire or reciprocate friendship and brotherhood with me. And I felt abandoned. I felt lonely and isolated. But from day one that I entered that country, I had been fighting to abide with Jesus and remain in him. So I have memories of just sitting on my couch in my bedroom And just pour my heart out to God. With my arm on his shoulder. And just being with my Heavenly Father. 
with my Savior. And so when I was on the tram, and some old lady, Babushka, was yelling at me, and I didn't understand what she was saying, or when I was in the grocery store and I mixed up kuritsa with kuritsa, chicken and cinnamon, no, I don't need a whole pot of cinnamon, I want to eat some fajitas tonight, thank you. Jesus was with me in these moments. He was with me. His fellowship, his presence never left me so long as I fixed my attention on him. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. Surely I will come to you. And that's true for each of us if we'll receive it. One last characteristic about this friendship that I see with Jesus um, is that there is something tangible that results. Jesus says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Fruit is the byproduct of abiding. Just like that tomato, when it's given everything it needs, that tomato plant, what, you know, there's all the nutrients, soil, water, sunlight, carbon dioxide, you know, Justin can tell you all about it. When that plant's given everything it needs, it produces fruit. There's something tangible. The word fruit, literally the root there is enjoyment, right? We, we say enjoying the fruits of your labor, as in like there's all this hard work you put in. There's all these conditions have been met, and so now there's joy. There's joy. And we can look at the fruit of the Spirit, these, these byproducts of the Spirit being present in our lives, right? It's, it's a long list. I could, but peace, love, and joy, those are just the three I, I like to remember. Peace, love, and joy. I know I'm abiding when I have peace, love, and joy, and I know that when I have peace, love, and joy, it's because I'm abiding, right? I don't have peace right now? Oh, crap, I'm not abiding. I surrender, Lord. I, I want to be in you. Peace, love, and joy. And I would even say that um, those are more the byproduct of his unbroken fellowship that we talked about. That, that, that unbroken fellowship with Jesus really is the primary fruit of abiding. That we take the time, we set aside the time to be with Jesus. The discipline of abiding. We pay attention to him and he meets that in his promise of being with us. In um, another way that we can look at fruit um, applies to how to cultivate friendship with Jesus. John the baptizer, Jesus' cousin, said, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So he linked fruit to repentance. That Actually, repentance is, is fruit in our lives. And so you see, there's kind of a cycle here. It, it's, I like to call it a, a feedback loop, right? Like a stampede. 
You know what I'm talking about? You scare one cow, it starts to run, scares another cow. Sydney knows. <laughs> right? And then they feed, it feeds on itself. And abiding in Jesus' ever-present communion with us and repentance, these things feed on themselves. Well, what are we repenting of? (laughs) We're repenting of our lack of abiding. I'm looking at my life and I'm saying, God, like we just sang this song, you're so holy. You're so holy. And I have neglected to commune with this holy God. I have put other things first in my life. I have not been paying attention. I've not been fixing my eyes on Jesus in embracing this intimate, deep relationship that it is God's delight to lavish upon us. We who know how to give good gifts, right? How much more does our Heavenly Father desire to give us good gifts? And so there's, there's no shame and guilt in that. It's just, it's simply recognizing like we've fallen short. That's what sin means. We missed the mark. And so we were walking this way without God. And so we just stop and we turn back to Jesus. Repent, that's what repentance means. And in that, we find fellowship. We find this desire, this delight to be with him. Delight yourself in the Lord is what scripture says, right? And I think that really the key to all this is the cross. Because it's at the cross that we can find repentance when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, right? Killing ourselves, denying ourselves. Only in that do we truly find power. Only with an understanding of Jesus' sacrifice that that's the punishment we deserve are we filled with a sense of awe and wonder and love and a motivation and a desire to be with God, to have his presence consume our lives. And then we seek him with his whole heart, with our whole heart. God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That's a condition. If you're seeking God and you're not finding him, Are you seeking him with your whole heart? And that's a promise. If you're seeking him with your whole heart, you will find God. You will be met by him. And you will walk in the victory of his ever-abiding presence. Of that unbroken fellowship with him. 
that is so glorious and, and so joyful, that this delightful dependence, this childlike faith, right? So the worship team, you guys can come back up. I want us tonight to just be honest with ourselves. If you've been following Jesus and you haven't been communing with him, remaining in him, your conscience will tell you if it's not as it should be. Then Respond to that. Be transformed. Allow yourself to come to the cross. It takes sacrifice. The cross, it, it's an altar, right? And what, what did you put on the altar? The sacrifice. Well, what's the you, you're, you're the sacrifice. Your flesh, your everything within you that is at odds with God needs to be laid aside and consumed by his love and his grace. And so, as we enter into worship, um, I hope that I hope that they, that takes hold of you. This sense of awe, this delight, this delightful dependence. And, and if you're not a follower of Christ, I would just encourage you that this promise is is for you as well. This promise of God's abiding presence. The creator of the universe desires to dwell and make his home within you. But there are things that you need to clear out of your heart. You need to make and prepare a home for him to dwell in. But his promise is true and he's faithful. I love what Dan said last week. He said, you may vacate the throne of your life and then you inherit the kingdom of heaven. So, Lord, may you just give us this desire, this delight <laughs> to just be consumed by your presence, to seek your face, to know that apart from you we can do nothing, God. Would you speak to each of our hearts as we enter into worship and as we just... Look to you. Thank you, God. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. O oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. As we were praying, I just was reminded of um, in my early years of following with Jesus, how many times I began to pray after knowing that I hadn't been abiding as I should in Christ and just saying, God, I'm sorry I don't pray as much as I should. And I think that prayer is okay to pray like once. 
<laughs> but any more than that, it's like God saying, hey, just delight yourself in me. And as we learn to seek the Lord with our whole heart, and as we delight ourselves in finding Him and communing with Him, I think we'll learn to embrace the reality that we can come to the throne of God boldly, without shame, without guilt, and just simply enjoy His presence that fruit of his presence with this humble expectation, this watching and waiting and, and this excitement and awe in simply being with your heavenly Father. So Lord, I just ask that what you're doing, what you've started, what you have continued tonight would um, set forth in motion holy habits, God. Uh, I believe that you've been revealing some things to some of us, God. Um, things that we need to cut out of our lives in order to make room to be with you more, to fix our eyes upon you. Lord, I know for me that was um, the 20 minutes here and there that I spend looking for free stuff on Facebook Marketplace instead just praying. And wow, a whole hour set aside to you throughout those <laughs> three times I would have instead been on my phone. Lord, would you just, Holy Spirit, reveal to each of us um, that this is possible, that we can commune with you that we don't need to be discouraged. Um, that we would have full assurance of your unbroken fellowship with us, Jesus. So Lord, we, we love you, we need you. <laughs> we delight ourselves in being dependent upon you, God. Um, thank you. Amen. If you guys... Um, we're, we're officially done, but if you want to keep just basking in God's presence, you're welcome to. There's a room upstairs. If anyone needs to get alone, grab a friend and, and talk or pray. Uh, but I would encourage you guys, if the Lord stirred something in your heart, put it into action, into obedience, um, and, and just be with him. <laughs>